Hello and welcome to another edition of the Personal Growth Book Club. My name is Caleb and I am so pumped that you are here with me this week. At the Personal Growth Book Club, we believe that the fastest way to a better life is through a deeply ingrained success mindset. Together each season, we study powerful personal growth and development books, information that has been collected over lifetimes, handed down from generations, and proven to work for millions of people. Not only will you get the opportunity to study these books in depth along with me, but you will be a part of a success-minded community of people just like you. Guys, you do not want to miss this. Let's build the life you've always wanted together. Alright everybody, thank you so much for coming back for another episode of the Personal Growth Book Club. I'm so excited that everybody's back to spend some time with me this week. I'd like to apologize for the late release of this episode. I hope everybody had a good holiday week. I know I did. Hopefully everyone got some time to do some extra reading, do some extra studying, do some extra extra thinking. If this is your first time joining us, thanks for coming. I'd recommend starting from the very beginning of the season. That way you guys can get all caught up. You're not missing anything. We've also started a reading schedule as well as a list of action items that we have decided to stay disciplined in taking on a daily basis, a weekly basis, whatever it be. And if you want to find that list, you can join our Telegram group at t.me slash pgbclub. This is a place to come together with other people who are reading through Think and Grow Rich with you, people who have similar mindsets, people that will keep you disciplined. And another great way to keep yourself honest and keep yourself disciplined is to find an accountability partner. If you have a friend, if you got a coworker, somebody who you know would be interested in the content that we're discussing here in this book, if they're interested in growing as a person, if they're interested in making their life better, reach out to them and tell them, hey, I'm studying this book, Think and Grow Rich, and I'm taking action to make my life better. And I've joined the Personal Growth Book Club to help me do that. Would you be interested in doing the same? Chances are that friend of yours is going to be pretty easily convinced. Finally, just as another reminder, we are reading the 1963 edition of Think and Grow Rich. I don't think that there's any particular reason that this version of the book is any better than any of the others. I know that there's a lot of them out there, but this is the book that was given to me a few years ago, and so that's what I'm sticking with. Last week, we discussed the chapter on specialized knowledge, and one of the major action items from last week was to start discovering what it is you needed to collect as far as specialized knowledge in order to attain your goals. I hope you guys had some time to do that and really think about what information am I missing in order to move forward with my plan of action. Of course, we have several other action items. I'm not going to glaze over them right now, but there's a lot of other action items that the author wants us to be taking at this point and reading through the book. Again, if you want to check those out, they're in the spreadsheet in the Telegram group, t.me slash pgbclub. So let's get into it. Chapter 6, Imagination, the Workshop of the Mind and the Fifth Step Toward Riches. Introduction Section. Something that this chapter has really made me realize is that as I look around me, pretty much everything I see was the product of somebody's imagination. 
it all started in somebody's mind. Somebody had an idea to design that car, to design that house, to build that house. Even the smallest of things, like a staple or a thumbtack, it all started in the same place, in somebody's mind, in somebody's imagination. The imagination is literally the workshop wherein are fashioned all plans created by man. It's how desires take shape. I believe that the imagination is what sets us apart from animals. Animals can't sit and think about something that they want to bring into creation. They can't sit and, and set goals and design something that they want to bring to life. Now, according to Napoleon, we as a civilization haven't even reached the apex of using our imagination. We have only begun to use it in an elementary way. I can't remember for sure if it was in this chapter or in this section, but Napoleon describes how because of the imagination of mankind, we're now able to move faster than the fastest thing on earth. We're actually able to fly faster than the orbit of the earth. We're able to fly faster than anything. Because of the imagination of mankind, we're able to escape earth's gravity to the point where man has walked on the moon and even planning missions to visit other planets. The human mind is an amazing thing. Two forms of imagination. So the two forms of imagination are synthetic and creative. Synthetic is what we use to arrange thoughts, concepts, and ideas that are already known into new combinations. You'll see this used by inventors, interior designers, engineers. Pretty much everybody uses their synthetic imagination on a daily basis in some way or another. Now the creative imagination is a different story. The limited mind of a human connects with something greater, which I believe to be infinite intelligence. This is where hunches and inspirations are received. It's how all basic new ideas or general concepts are created or received on depending on what you believe. This is also how a person may tune in, quote unquote, with the subconscious mind of others, according to Napoleon. Now the creative imagination, it works automatically. But the conscious mind has to be engaged in at an exceedingly rapid rate, such as when it is stimulated by a strong desire. If you look back on history, all of the great leaders and creative artists throughout history, they had to call on creative imagination to pull new ideas and concepts into reality. So here's my take on these. The synthetic imagination is practical. This is like imagining the layout of a typical living room. All the furniture, the decorations, the trim work, it's the overall concept of the living room. It already exists, you're just rearranging it in a different way in your mind. The creative imagination, on the other hand, is using your imagination to think of something that is not built on existing ideas, or at least at their conception. This would be like Henry Ford coming up with the combustion engine initially. He had an idea to come up with a machine that would propel things forward on their own. Once his creative imagination pulled this general idea forward, he was then able to use his synthetic imagination to build the specific parts of the engine. As an example, using his knowledge of combustion and gasoline to create an explosion, to turn a shaft that would then turn another shaft, to turn the wheels. You see, it was all about that initial idea, that initial thought to bring something forward 
in from the infinite intelligence, which then engaged his synthetic imagination to build what it was he had imagined in his creative imagination. What's important to know about these two types of imagination is that both of them can become stronger with practice. Give your imagination some exercise. Guys, imagination can become weak through not using it. And I hate to say it, one of those ways that our imagination becomes weak in today's day and age is through the many distractions that we often find ourselves using. Through spending time sitting and scrolling through social media, through spending time sitting and watching Netflix, it doesn't engage our mind and it doesn't force us to use our imagination. So the first step in starting to develop your imagination is really to start cutting out some of those things which leave your mind in a lower RPM state. If doing something has your mind being passive instead of active, chances are it's weakening your imagination. So be deliberate about what you do. If you're driving in the car, listen to an audiobook, listen to this audiobook. If normally after dinner you sit and watch TV, whether it be with your family or by yourself, do something that's going to engage your mind instead. If you got a family, sit down and play a game with them. If you're by yourself, learn something new or read a book. There are really an infinite number of ways in which you can switch your mind from being passive to active. Clear back in the first chapter of this book, Napoleon told us to write out a clear, concise statement of our statement of desire. And he told us to describe clearly the plan for which we intend to attain it. Guys, the way that this is done is through the synthetic imagination. Now, the author says that he has placed detailed instructions for the building of plans in almost every chapter. He says to carry out these instructions as needed according to your needs. What's important to note here is that when you write your plans down, that is the first step in converting your desire into something tangible. That is the way you are actually transforming your thought into something physical, the very first step in doing that, okay? Now, if you're still struggling to come up with a definite plan, that's okay. Napoleon actually wants us to finish this book and come back to this chapter to develop those plans later. Now you're probably saying, what have I been struggling? Why have, why have you been telling me to create these plans and we're not even ready to do that yet? It's all because Everybody's at different stages. Some people are ready to write those plans while others are still sort of learning about all of this and they're still trying to figure out what it is they want to do. So depending on where you're at, you may be ready to do this and you may be not. Either way, it's important to continue to keep yourself honest, keep yourself disciplined. And when you are ready and when those plans do come to you, start writing them down. Start developing them as quickly as you can. Napoleon's got an action item for us here. Read the entire book through, then come back to this chapter and begin at once to put your imagination to work on building of a plan or plans for the transformation of your desire into money. The Laws That Lead to a Fortune I love this section because Napoleon puts into words something that is really, really pretty obvious. The entire physical universe is the result of evolutionary change, tiny microscopic changes happening just bit by bit over time. Napoleon says, quote, this statement uh, is of stupendous importance. The earth, every one of the individual cells in your body and every atom of atomic matter began as an intangible form of energy. 
guys, thoughts are energy too, okay? Desire is a thought. So when you desire something, you're using the same, quote, stuff that nature used to create everything around us. We as living creatures have the same ability that nature has to create through our thoughts. What's amazing is when you think about this, we can build anything we want with these immutable laws. If you're reading this book, chances are you're doing it so for money or for a better life in general. Through repetition and approaching the description of these principles from every conceivable angle, the author hopes to reveal to us the secret through which every great fortune was ever amassed. The secret really isn't a secret at all. It's, it's all around us. And all of the principles in this book will pave the way for a better understanding of imagination. Napoleon wants us to first assimilate what we can, then reread the entire book three times without hesitating, for then we will not want to stop. So here we have another action item, okay? So after you have finished the book, reread it and study it at least two more times as a whole. How to make practical use of imagination. Honestly, I'm not really sure why they decided to break this part of the chapter out in such a tiny little section, but I'll kind of give you my general thoughts on it. So ideas are the starting point of all fortunes, as we've discussed earlier, but imagination is what creates ideas. So it's important to know that imagination and ideas are different things. The idea comes after imagination. You have to use the imagination in order to create an idea. I would describe the idea as the wordification or the generalization of something that one imagines. The Enchanted Kettle. This section is an example of the practical application of imagination. Now the story is structured in a pretty interesting way. Napoleon chooses to focus on the purchase of the idea. He doesn't reveal what the idea led to until the very end of the story. So you've got a doctor who brings a kettle, a big wooden paddle, and a small scrap of paper to a store clerk. Now the two of them talk in secrecy for a while in the store clerk's shop. And finally, the store clerk hands his entire life savings, which at the time was $500, and the doctor leaves. It was this event that started the wheels turning for what is now known today as Coca-Cola. Now, you guys know that this is a much shorter and sweeter version than what the author has written in the book. But it is a fantastic example of how one idea and imagination just absolutely set the world on fire. First, the doctor had the idea in his imagination to develop this formula. And then once the idea was then purchased by the store clerk, the clerk had the idea to market and sell this idea to the rest of the world. I mean, think about how this one relatively simple concept, this one simple idea has started in someone's imagination and absolutely changed the lives of so many individuals from manufacturing to the sugarcane industry, as Napoleon talks about, to the lives of so many individuals. It has become a staple of American culture, and it started so humbly. The simple fact of the matter is, all ideas start this way. They start humbly. They start small. They start in somebody's mind, and they have the potential to become anything. What I would do if I had a million dollars. 
This story is about a guy named Frank W. Gonzalez, who was a clergyman who told Napoleon this story. So when Frank was going through college, he noticed that there were many defects with the education system. So he vowed to build something that was better. Through his imagination, he built a definite plan, in which case ultimately told him that he was going to need a million dollars. Frank kept this burning obsession alive for nearly two years until one day he finally made the decision it was time for action. He made the decision then and there that he would have the money within the next week. And he talks about how there was a sudden rush of relaxation or this relief. You know, he'd been, he'd been obsessing about implementing this idea for over two years, but he had no idea how he's going to get the money. And he finally just told himself, you know what, I'm going to have it within the next seven days. Things quickly unfolded for him after that point because he had already put a definite purpose in his mind and burned that into his brain as a burning obsession. He had already developed the plans for building his dream with the million dollars. He determined that he would preach a sermon the next day. After alerting the newspaper, he quickly and easily wrote the sermon. And when it came time to step up to the pulpit the next morning, he realized that he forgot the notes that he worked on the day before. And it was too late to turn back, so he closed his eyes and he preached from his heart. He preached from the place where he had burned this desire into his mind and soul. He felt as though his speech just poured out of him. It was not like he was preaching to the audience, but to God himself. He described in detail his plan, which had become this burning obsession. And once he sat down, a man just three rows from the back of the church walked up and said that he believed that Frank had accomplished exactly what he was setting out to do. He said he'd give him the million dollars to do so. So with the money, he founded the Armor Institute of Technology, which is now the Illinois Institute of Technology. So what are the big takeaways here? In the end, I believe that the most important part of this story is Frank making a definite decision. Over the two years of obsessing and planning, he had already made definite decisions. Definite were his plans to building this school and making this idea a reality, but vague were his plans to acquire the needed money. It wasn't until he turned his vague decision about the money into a definite one that he actually got the money. Once he did, the money came to him just 36 hours later, and the plans for the institute quickly unfolded because those plans were already definite. They were already sitting in his imagination. They were already a part of who he was. Now, because Frank had made the very definite decision, he in essence changed his beliefs. With this new belief now engaged in his mind, he was able to actually imagine himself with the money, seeing and feeling it in his hands. It's like it became a reality in his mind before it became a reality in physicality. How to transmute ideas into cash. Such an important culture-defying statement is made in this section. The author says, it is not true that honesty and hard work alone will bring riches. I'm going to repeat that. It is not true that honesty and hard work alone will bring riches. In today's day and age, everybody sees that image of a person who, in order to be successful, they're toiling day and night. They're spending time away from their family. They're spending time obsessing about their work constantly. What Napoleon says here is that that stereotype, that image isn't true. 
Where it all starts is with the idea. And once you have determined that it is in fact your definite major purpose, then what you need is determination to never forget that purpose, the desire, the pure desire to attain the goal, and persistent effort. I mean, it all goes back to the resounding theme of this book. It is all, it is all about your mindset. Your mindset gives you the power to accomplish anything you choose. So if your mindset is one that you can do what you are setting out to achieve, but my belief is to do it without working my tail off, then you will. To end the chapter, the author gives a couple more examples. He talks about how, and I guess he doesn't really say exactly what the book was, but he said changing the title of a book made it sellable without changing anything else. There was a book that couldn't sell, and rather than go through an elaborate marketing plan and spend a bunch of money to pay somebody to help market it, they decided to just change the title of the book. And sure enough, they found a title that would sell. It was about changing the idea, or at least the one that people thought about when they saw the book. And it was all because of this simple change that it changed the way people were thinking about the book and so they bought it. Another example here is Andrew Carnegie planted the idea for this very book in the mind of Napoleon. Napoleon then grew this idea in his own mind until it basically drove him. It was kind of like Napoleon was nursing the idea, keeping it alive, and then suddenly it turned around and it started pushing him. But it was through Napoleon's own mindset that he would attain his desires to succeed. Through successes, failure, ridicule, he had a clear idea in his mind what he would attain and a belief that he would in fact attain it. That was all. That was all that was needed to get him there. Okay, everybody, and that's going to do it for the chapter on imagination. Just a few takeaways there, at least what I believe are some takeaways from this chapter. An idea is always a starting point, and in the imagination is always where they're conceived. I would recommend spending some time developing your imagination, paying close attention to it. We also have the two types of imagination here, the synthetic imagination and the creative imagination. Remember that the synthetic is the one that you deliberately use in order to organize existing ideas into new forms and applications. Whereas the creative imagination is more powerful. It is what brings us hunches or inspirations that you may just suddenly receive. So pay attention to both of these and their applications. And lastly, I think, the most important takeaway here is to use your imagination to help determine your definite major purpose in life. As definiteness is the key to having the correct mindset, which will lead you to the life you truly want. And it all starts in your imagination. Your imagination grows an idea, which grows a mindset, which grows transmutation into physical reality. This coming week, we are discussing chapter number seven, Organized Planning. Now, I, again, I apologize for releasing this episode late, and I'm going to do my best to release this week's episode on time on Sunday. However, it is a 37-page chapter, and I can imagine that is jam-packed full of some pretty important information. So we're going to see what happens here. Remember that if you want to join the community, check out our Telegram group at t.me slash pgbclub. We're also on locals.com and on parlor.com. If you guys like the content, if you want to help expand our reach, please donate by going to anchor.fm slash pgbclub. 
I've also got a Bitcoin address that you can donate to as well, and you can find that in the description of the Personal Growth Book Club on the homepage. If you guys are interested and you've made a donation, please reach out and I'll send you a copy of my notes too. And finally, thank you all for spending another half hour with me this week. As always, I am so grateful to have you guys here with me and being a part of this personal growth journey with me. I hope that being a part of this club is as beneficial to you as it has been to me in just a short few weeks. So with that, guys, we will see you next week. And always remember, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. See you next week.